Welcome back to the Infinite Inquiry Podcast. This is episode six. I'm your host, Jeremy Jones. As promised from previous episodes, I stated that we would be upgrading our hardware and our software, and today is the day. We are now in a conference room, and there is some traffic outside, so you may hear the occasional car go by. Speaking of cars, I have a car enthusiast with me. This is Caleb Jones. Caleb, say hello to everyone and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Caleb Jones. I am 13, currently midway through the 8th grade, and I'm happy to be on the show today. Great. So today, Caleb, tell us a little bit about, like, I guess, just some of your hobbies and uh, what you're into. We mentioned you're into cars. So what kind of cars, what kind of things are you into? Um, I kind of do a bunch of stuff. I play the saxophone. I do a bunch of academic stuff for school, and I enjoy weightlifting and the discipline of that. Oh, great. Okay. So today on the way home from school, we were talking about some of the strange ways in which God works. So for instance, when I purchased all of this gear for this podcast, I knew it would cost a certain dollar amount in order to get everything that we needed. And I wanted to use this obviously as a tool for getting the love of Christ out to as many people as possible. And so I suddenly got this discount where I, on this place where I live for this exact amount of what mm -hmm. this gear would cost. Uh, how much was that? Well, I'm not going to tell you everything of how much the gear costs, but I don't want to announce that to everyone. Oh, okay. But it was, it was a pretty penny, right? Yeah. And so I was thinking, man, this is a big thing. I'm not really trying to make money off of this or anything. So I'm just going to drop this and not expecting to get anything back ever. And I had forgotten that I've referred someone here back in November with this referral that I had. And frankly, I'd forgotten about it. And then boom. A referral discount kicked in at the same time that I bought all of this. So it feels like it was all for free. It was for the same amount. So that's kind of one of those weird, strange, stranger things, strange ways that God acts sometimes where something happens and you're like, whoa, that was kind of cool. That was neat. And then of course, you know, later on, I've remembered that I needed an SD card and we had taken an AC adapter from like your Nintendo Switch or something back to Best Buy. And it was the exact same amount for that. And it was around the same time. So wasn't that pretty cool? Yeah. Speaking of godly influence, I remember when I was eight, I had lost a shark necklace playing around in my friend's yard and it was getting late and I forgot to get it and bring it home. So I had spent the entire night looking for it. And then my mom finally just sat me down and she's like, why don't you say a prayer? And this was my first experience really praying or doing much, I guess, in the sense of really believing and having a lot of faith in God. And I prayed, and then less than a minute after, I was searching around the yard again, and I found it. It was very interesting, and it kind of opened my eyes to see the world and God in a more faithful light. That's pretty amazing. So that was kind of your first experience, kind of seeing the power of prayer and how that would work. Yeah, I guess that is very true. And you know, here's the reality, though. Things don't always work out that way. And I'm certainly not a prosperity gospel advocate, but however, I do believe that where the Lord guides, he also provides that sometimes God does show up like that. And there's like a, a convergence where heaven and earth touch, where God does interact in our lives, that he is active in our lives. And another thing of that is you shouldn't only pray to God when you need things, you should pray to thank him too. Like believing in God is one thing and asking him for things when you need them is one thing. But you should always remember that to be thankful for what he already gives you, not when you're in need of things. And just remember that he's always providing. It's not only the times that you need. 
what you're saying is we should serve him because of who he is, not just because of what he gives us. Exactly. That's amazing. That's absolutely true. Another time where we kind of saw the Lord work, which was another time where I felt he was interacting directly in our lives was, Caleb, do you remember the time when we were headed to church? You're talking about your saxophone stuff. And we talked about the scripture that says, and whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Actually, yeah, I do remember that. Um, we were totally talking about glorifying God in different ways. And I was like, how could I even ever think about glorifying God with saxophone? I play jazz. What am I supposed to do to glorify God with that? And the next week when we showed up to church, there was literally a guy playing chords with the choir at sax or at church choir. And it was pretty interesting to show that it kind of just showed that we can interact and and give God glory with what our talents are, right? Exactly. What I find interesting is that you play saxophone and you were saying those exact words. We show up to church. There's never been a saxophone player there ever. And all of a sudden there's a guy playing a Selmer, which is your favorite saxophone. He's up there. And by the way, that's the first and only time I've ever seen you demand to be on the front row, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny. Most of the time, yeah. most of the time we sit way in the back. But that just showed you right there that you can literally use any talent you have for God's glory. So I think that was a neat way that God kind of spoke to you as well in one of those strange ways that he does. This shows that we do see a God who is active and moving in our lives. And I think that that's absolutely apparent, especially when Christ was on the earth. I mean, you talk about a convergence or, or, or heaven and earth touching is Christ. When you see his miracles, his resurrection, of course, being the ultimate sign that God is working, but he's still working in our lives today. It's not like he's standoffish. You know, there's a, there's a philosophy called deism. And uh, even some of our founding fathers, like Thomas Jefferson, believed in deism. And that's the belief that when God created everything and he just flung the earth into existence and created the universe, then he was just hands off. Like no more interaction in the world that he doesn't intervene in human affairs. But I think that we can see just from our own little personal examples, which some people would probably call coincidences, but just from our own personal examples, we do see God interacting in our lives in nu numerous ways. I mean, I've seen people prayed for where they recovered. I've seen lots of ways the Lord has answered prayers. Sometimes, again, it's immediate. Sometimes it takes longer. So, Caleb, this may be kind of a loaded question, but I think about being a parent with you and what I can do to encourage you more in Christ and in the faith. So, let me ask you this. For all the parents out there listening, and they want their children to walk in the fear and admonition of the Lord, what can parents do, and maybe even me, what can I do better to lead children in the way of Christ? I mean, I think in that sense, I saw this quote the other day, actually, just a little bit ago, that said, I mean, imagine you were looking at your son right now, and you were seeing the same problems that you had when you were a kid, and the person that you are today. Would you want your son to like see you in the same way you see yourself at this moment and be like, yeah, Christ is good. Christ is what I'm going to do because that's what works for my parents. Just setting the example for your kid to show that it's the right thing to do and it'll definitely help you through a hard time. I believe that parents should lead through example, not as much through demanding because when children feel demanded, I guess it's like when a kid wants to clean his room and a parent is just like, Go clean your room. Then the kid loses motivation because he thought he was being responsible at first, but then it felt like he's being made to do something that was ultimately his choice. So basically, when you said lead by example, it's like, I believe it was C.S. Lewis, and I forgot to 
we should have said this C.S. Lewis quote at the beginning, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. So basically, your example of your life, how you live, how you treat people, how you are with your kids, that's an example of Christ. Yeah, lead them to Christ using yourself and your example, not necessarily what you tell them or want them to believe. Sorry, I'm congested from school and other things. It's winter, so. What personally draws you to Christ? Personally, I believe that, I guess, it's just a good thing and a good structure to have in your life. I've had it since I was little, and I recently had my confirmation service. So it was a pretty important thing and the foundation of my growth as a human. Good. Another interesting question that I would like to ask you, Caleb. So you've heard the quote, there's two things that are sure in this world, death and taxes. Okay. So when you die someday, hopefully when you're a hundred years old or longer, depending on how technology is then, our medical technology. medicine is improving drastically. You may, it improves so much every year that you may live till you're 120. But the question is, when you finally stand before God, whether at the second coming of Christ or when you die, and you were asked why you should be let into the kingdom of heaven, what would your response be? What would you say? Uh, I think I'm quoting a famous pastor when I say this, but honestly, it's not because of the choices you make on earth, the decisions you lead a life by the good doings and the followings of Christ, even though you should because you trust and believe in the Lord and what he says is good. But really, the reason you should and the reason that you can say to God when you're ultimately up at that door is the middleman on the cross said I could come. So you're quoting Alistair Begg. I believe that's the sermon where he says, the man on the middle cross said I can come. If you don't know the sermon, go listen to it on YouTube. In the description below, I'll try to link that. But basically, he's talking about the thief on the cross had nothing no good works, no righteousness, nothing to offer God. And he gets to heaven and they say, why should we let you in? And the thief on the cross says to them at the gate, he says, because the man on the middle cross said it could come. And so that's a perfect example. Caleb, no matter how good you are, can your righteousness get you to heaven? No, I believe Paul said from a scripture that Honestly, all of our doings is compared to dirty rags in front of God. You're right. You're, you're, quoting, uh, you're quoting Romans, actually. Yes, that's Paul, where he says, all of our righteousness, all of our, even our good deeds are as filthy rags. So do you have anything to offer God in the way of your own salvation? Honestly, even by doing the best things in your life, by being a lead example, a lead student, a lead model for everyone doing the good things, you still have an insurmountable amount of sin that you can never make up for without Jesus. So the scales are so far tipped between our righteousness and sin, it's not even funny. Exactly. And so are you incapable of delivering and saving yourself? Are, you're completely incapable. By yourself, yes. So the only way that we become righteous is how? By believing he died on the cross. That's exactly right. And three days later, he rose again. I think that is the most important part of all of this is that Christ died and rose again for our salvation. Now, when we do good deeds, Caleb, are we doing it to earn our salvation or why do we do good deeds? Why do we live the Christian life? If not to earn our salvation, why do we do it? Um, I believe that good deeds are just a sign that you trust and believe that what the Lord says is right and that, I guess, in general, 
you're a follower and a firm believer in God, because if you aren't, then what's the point in following them? Yeah, we're showing God our appreciation, but definitely not to earn our salvation. Caleb, these are some really good answers. I love the scripture that says, train a child up in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I hope and pray that when you are old, you do not depart from this truth and this knowledge because truthfully, there is no greater high than the most high. Yes, but continuing on to that topic, a verse from Corinthians, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So with yourselves being not able to save yourself, your labor and work that you put in on this planet will still gain you righteousness in heaven. You're right. And that's something that I think the modern world, we just think, okay, we believe in Christ and that's it. But we don't think about, yes, what we do matters. And I talked about this in a previous episode, what we do actually matters. I'm glad you brought that scripture up because in eternity, you know, there are eternal rewards there. I mean, it's there. And I think it's important we recognize that, that what we do here matters not only in this life, but in the life to come. It has an effect. So did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Or you have any last words you want to tell people listening? Um, not much. Everybody stay blessed, stay safe. Uh, temperature is weird right now. Texas is crazy. Yeah, it's gotten kind of warm again, and it was cold for a long time, and so now we're... Yeah, I believe this should be uploading on Groundhog's Day. I hope it's still... Do you want more winter or snow, or do you want... I kind of want more winter. In Texas, we missed out a lot on the snow part of stuff. We had like one day, and then it all melted. Well, Caleb has a birthday coming up here in a few days. He will turn 14, and a lot of years I've seen it snow. I remember when you were first born, I wrote your name in the backyard in snow, like right after you were born, because there was so much, and that was a long time ago. That was 14 years ago, but we still get snow on your birthday from time to time. I'm glad we had you on the podcast today. We were able to test out this new equipment. It was fun. We get to hear your story and hear some of the cool ways and some of the strange ways in which God has worked in your life and worked in my life. And I know there'll definitely be more to come in the future that we can talk about. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Everyone have an amazing night and see you in the next one. Definitely. And may this truth guide you as we continue on this journey together in the infinite inquiry, which is the knowledge of God and his holiness and his love which surpasses all human knowledge. Yeah.